give thanks to God and ask him to bless her with joy and peace and security. For sure, motherhood is a wonderful gift from God and we need to thank God for our moms. Would you open your Bible, please, to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. We got a letter today from one of our church families who's down visiting their family in the States. And so um, they write, Dear Pastor White and GBC, good Sunday morning. We're very grateful our family got to go on a trip to have a little break and reunite with more of our family who are based in Toronto and Sacramento. We got to tour around Los Angeles, see many beautiful places and continue to be in awe of God's creation. It was truly a blessing getting to reunite with everyone again. And so they have a photo of uh, Disneyland. Look at that. Yeah, I don't know who the guy on the top is though. Somebody. And also they went to the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. Now there's an interesting photo. Look at that. It almost looks like they're standing on a big chessboard with great big glass chess pieces around them. I don't think that's what it is. And then they went and they saw a quartet at Disneyland. They, she, they wrote, this quartet at Disneyland reminded us of our quartets back at GBC. And then in brackets, GBC is much better though, of course. And then lastly, we got to visit Wayfarer's Chapel, which was a beautiful glass church. Reminded us of our good old pews. Missed them already. <laughs> we thank God for the blessing of family and traveling. Thank you and God bless. Magnus G. and Janina. P.S. Happy Mother's Day. So that's nice. Whenever you go away on a vacation a trip or something, if you could remember to write us and send us a picture of where you're at, and we will share that with everyone. Uh, now, this just in. There's a blue Ford Focus that's parked too close to the stop sign, meaning you could get a ticket. And the license plate looks like SJ195 or SJI956, something like that. If you own a blue Ford Focus, then you might want to go and move it and the ushers will maybe point out to where uh, is a, a good place to park it. All right, well, we have a wonderful story, very heartwarming story for us here in 2 Kings chapter 4. It's about a couple that's, uh, let's say, a few years older and they never were able to have children. And so what they did was there was a man of God named Elisha. Elisha was the successor of Elijah. And so Elisha was this great man of God and he would come through their town every once in a while and she said to her husband, I've got a great idea. She said, why don't we build a little chamber for him? So when he comes, there'll be a place for him to be able to, to stay. He, you know, he could sleep there and put a table. He could work there and a candle. He could see at night. And they called it a prophet's chamber because Elisha was the prophet. And that term is still used today. 
Churches that have a small little apartment built in for visiting guest missionaries or preachers, it's always called the prophet's chamber. I'll be going very soon to visit a couple of uh, churches in Saskatchewan, and a couple of them have prophet's chambers in their churches, and so that's where I'll be staying. Although I don't consider myself much of a prophet, some days more of a deficit than a prophet, little play on words, the accountants will get that joke, although they won't laugh at it because they've heard it before, I'm sure. But back to our story, in 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha was so thankful that uh, what he did was he prayed for them and they had a baby. Isn't that something? God still answers prayer. And so they, they had this little boy and the, the boy grew up and he was a few years old. And one day he went out to visit his father out there in the fields of hay and so on as they were doing their harvest. And so at some point, he says to his father, he says, oh, he said, look at verse 19, my head, my head. And he, that's the father, said to a lad, that would be a, one of the young guys working there, carry him to his mother. So this father knew enough to get the boy to the one person that could really take care of him, and that was mom. And so he said, carry him to his mother. I was tempted to call the name of the sermon, Carry Him to His Mother. Isn't that a wonderful? <laughs> I thought it was a great title here for a sermon. And I do think that many great sermons about this have been preached using that as their title. So uh, what happened to the boy? We're not 100% sure. Some people seem to think that because it was the days of harvest, that it was a very hot sun and that the boy may have gotten heat stroke. That's a possibility. Possibly it was something else, though. We just don't know. But whatever it was, uh, the boy was brought to his mother. She put him on her knees and was taking care of him. And then at noon, at noon, he died. So what a tragedy here. But the story ends well because she goes to see the man of God, Elisha, in another city. And if you look at it, verse 23. So um, he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? This is the husband asking. It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. That's the Hebrew word shalom. Interesting response. And the word shalom means it shall be well. It means peace. It means health. It means prosperity. It means all of the good blessings. And so he was asking, well, why are you going to see him? Is there a problem or something? And she answers him, shalom. And then off she goes. It's about uh, five miles an hour, 15 miles away. She went in verse 25 to Mount Carmel. And there he was, the man of God. And, and she says, shalom. Anyhow, the story ends well because Elisha comes back. And God uses Elisha to bring the boy back to life. And then he went, of course, to his mother's arms. And so it's a very heartwarming story. And what I want to point out is motherhood. Motherhood is very central to home and family. We wouldn't have much of a home or family if it wasn't for motherhood. 
if we were sort of like the animals that procreated and we went our separate ways, life would just be miserable. It'd be terrible. We have been made with needs and we need to have motherhood. We need mom. We need mom in the home. And so motherhood is very central to home and to family. And when a mother goes missing from the home or family, things are just not the same. You saw the funny little movie we played there with the dad and the son trying to put breakfast together. And, you know, we laugh at that. But there's a lot of truth to that. Yes, us men are too proud to admit it. But if we were honest, we'd tell you, yeah, I see myself up there. That happened to me. Yeah, I did that one. That sort of thing. And so when mom is not to be found, things just don't run right. It is no mistake, listen carefully, it is no mistake that the makers of computers all refer to the main board of the computer as a motherboard. That's no mistake. Dad is the hard head, I'm sorry, he's the hard drive, the hard drive of the computer, but mom is the motherboard. Mothers are the ones who give us birth. They fill our lives with warmth and mirth. They teach us how to smile and cope. They fill our hearts with love and hope. Mothers are the ones who guide our way. They show us how to be kind and brave. They encourage us to chase our dreams. They support us in our plans and schemes. Mothers are the ones we owe a lot. They have given us more than we thought. They have shaped us into who we are. They have loved us near or far. Mothers are the ones we can't repay, but we try to thank them every day. We can say, I love you, and I pray we can be the best we can for them all the way. Sir Winston Churchill was the man behind the victory of uh, Britain, Uh, over the Nazi powers, the Axis powers, Sir Winston Churchill. But not many of us know about his wife. His wife's name was Clementine, Clementine Churchill. And she was a wonderful wife and mother. And she said these words. I'm going to read for you what she said. And I think it's so, it just hits you in the heart. She spoke of the time when your own mother passes away. And she said, The loss of one's mother is a sad milestone in one's life. Because after that, you're nobody's child. And it's a lonely feeling. And so I say this, If you still have your mother here on earth, you are indeed experiencing one of the blessings of God. And we're going to learn more about that now as we explore this subject and we pay tribute to a good mother. Would you pray with me first? Dear Heavenly Father, help us once again to get a a better glimpse of what it is you've done in our lives by blessing us with mothers. Please make the scriptures come alive to us today. Speak with our hearts. Help us to grow in faith and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the first thing I'd like to point out is a good mother has an amazing ability to comfort her children. A good mother has this amazing ability, and you'll see that here in chapter 4, verse 20. And when he had taken him 
and brought him to his mother. He sat on her knees till noon. Unfortunately, the little boy died. But here was the mother's ability to comfort, and the father knew it. And so the father wasn't able to comfort the boy like the mother could. There's a difference between mothers and fathers and how they react with their children. And so the father says, you need to take my son to see his mother. Carry him to his mother. A mother's ability to comfort is so famous. It's so well known. In Isaiah 66 verse 13, it says, As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. Oh, yes, that's right. I got that right. Um, God was saying he was going to comfort his people. And what is the comparison? What was the, uh, the illustration he used? It was an earthly mother. The way a mother can comfort her children. So this is very, very true. Uh, the author Charles Dickens is very famous. He's written all sorts of books. A Christmas Carol, you know, with... Scrooge and all of those characters and things. He's written all kinds of different stories. But Charles Dickens once wrote about motherhood. And here's what he said. He said, God couldn't be everywhere, so he created mothers. <laughs> it's very nice sounding. Now, Dickens was mistaken as to God's power to be everywhere. Because that's one of the tributes, one of the attributes of divinity is omnipresence. God is everywhere all at the same time. So Dickens was off on his theology there, but he was pretty close. You know, when you, when you look at sort of the, the thought of helping and the comforting mothers, and he was pretty close on that. Someone wrote the following words, Everything a mother does says, I love you. The laundry she does, the meals she cooks, the house she cleans, the homework she helps you with, the time she spent with you, the laughter and the tears she shared with you, they all say how much she loves you. Moms are full of hugs and kisses. Have you noticed that? Now, have you ever stopped to think, if you were to add them up, how many hugs and kisses a mom gives throughout her lifetime? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? I mean, that's way up there into astronomical figures, the number of hugs and kisses that a mom, a mom will give. A mother's gentle touch can heal the wounds of a broken heart. How many times have you gone to your mom in tears to find comfort in her warm embrace? There's just something about mom that can heal wounds like no one else can. Carry him to his mother. I remember many years ago seeing a little cartoon. I think it was in four panels. And it was uh, depicting a businessman whose business was crumbling. And there he was in his suit, walking very tall and elegant through his company. All of the other people in the office there at their desks looking up at him. And they're saying to each other, look at him. He's a tower of strength. His business is crumbling all around him. And there he is walking, you know, very manly toward his office. And uh, they made a couple of other comments about how strong he is and a real leader, even though everything is crumbling all around him. And it shows him walking into his office and closing the door. And then he falls on his knees and cries out, Mommy, 
So I looked for that cartoon to show you, but I couldn't find it. But I thought it was kind of funny. So the first thing we want to point out is a good mother has an amazing ability to comfort her children. Now, the second thing we want to point out is that a good mother will risk her life for her children. And we see this in verse 24. She was riding on this donkey. So then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive, go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. It was some rough and rocky terrain that she had to go over. But because her, her boy was the subject of her journey, Wild horses couldn't keep her away from the man of God. It was the man of God that prayed and how she got the child in the first place. And she was smart enough to know that the man of God in touch with God had the power to bring life back because the boy was beyond medical hope. There are just some things that modern medicine cannot do and we need to turn to God. And by the way, if you have one of those, you need to turn to God. Every day you need to cry out to God and God will either heal you or he will give you the grace and the wisdom to put up with what it is he's allowed in your life. But we're not here to talk about the subject of healing. We're here to talk about the subject of mothers. And this mother, she drove hard to get to the man of God as fast as she could. Would you take your Bible and turn to the left? Go to the book of Exodus. I'd like to show you another mother who risked her neck for her son. Exodus chapter number 2. Exodus chapter 2, if you turn there now, please. We have a mother here in chapter 2. Her name is not given, but over in chapter 6 it is. Her name was Jochebed. The name Jochebed means Jehovah is her glory. That's what the name Jochebed means. And so in chapter 2 of Exodus, it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. Does anyone know the name of this baby? Moses. This is the story of Moses. The name Moses means to, to draw, not to draw a picture, but to reach forth and to pull towards yourself, to draw. That's what the name Moses means, because that's how Pharaoh's daughter got the boy. They reached out, pulled the basket in. And so she called him Moses. Interesting story. Now, the context is the Pharaoh didn't like the fact that the number of Jews was growing. The Hebrews were growing like crazy. And him and his counselors, they all figured, well, what if there should be a revolt or a war? They could turn against us. And so he gave the commandment for all of the baby boys to be killed, put to death. And so here's this mother, Jochebed. She'd already given birth to a couple of other children. But now the order had gone out. Any, any baby boys, put them to death. 
That was the law of the land. And so she gives birth to a baby boy. Oh, but she saw he was a goodly child. You say, what does that mean? I'm not sure. I think he looked probably pretty good. But I think there was something about his, I don't know, his attitude, his spirit or something like that. Somehow she saw that he was a goodly child. And so she wasn't going to have her boy put to death. So she hid him. And when she could no longer hide him, that's when she came up with the idea of the, the basket and the bulrushes and all of that stuff. And of course, the rest is history. It's a great story. Great, very true story too. But Jochebed went against the government orders because the government commanded the baby boys to be put to death. And that's not right. So she, she risked her life to save her son. And a good mother won't think twice about putting herself in danger if it means saving her child. That all comes built in with motherhood. It's been my observation over the years that when a young girl gets married, uh, she's full of life, when the children come, her heart changes in a good way. And that's when, of course, she becomes a mother and the heart of a mother a mother's heart. I read a story happened a few years ago down in Mississippi, down in the States. Devastating tornadoes struck 17 counties in Mississippi. And one, was, one tornado was coming barreling through Yazoo City. Now there's a name, Yazoo City. If you live there, you'd be a Yazooite, I guess. The mother's name was Nikki. And she knew she had to protect her children. And so this 30-year-old mother placed a mattress over top her three small sons. And then she planted herself on top of the mattress so as to shield them in case the house came down all around them. The three boys all made it through the storm. But unfortunately, Nikki did not. The children's grandmother named Sherry Carpenter, she later said, Nikki saved those kids and gave her life. But that was Nikki because those kids came first. Now doesn't that sound like kind of a familiar story? That's motherhood. Tell you another story happened right here in the Vancouver area. A few years ago, Maureen Lee and her three-year-old daughter, Maya, they were enjoying a hike on a trail from their home uh, about 40 miles north of Vancouver when an 88-pound cougar jumped and pounced on Maya. Instantly, Mama Maureen wedged herself between the animal and the child and was able to hurl, how she did it, I don't know, but she was able to throw the big cat off. She picked up Maya and ran to a nearby house. Maya only suffered some cuts to her head and arm, and according to her father, uh, Maya, was saying, why didn't the kitty play nice? <laughs> Cute, but look at the bravery of that mother. You see, that's what we mean when we say a mother won't hesitate to throw herself in between her children and harm's way if it means saving them. Well, there's many other stories like that. But the point is, motherhood is definitely something from God. We're not born this way. No woman is born this way. It's a gift from God. So a, a good mother 
is going to comfort her children. A good mother is going to protect her children, give her life for her children if need be. But number three, a good mother will teach her children good morals. That's what good mothers do. They want their children to be good. So they'll teach them good morals. And for this, I'd like you to go to around the middle of the Bible to the book of Proverbs. If you would turn there now, please. Proverbs, right after Psalms. Proverbs. And chapter number 31. Proverbs 31. From verse 10 to the end of the chapter, this is, this is known as the virtuous woman because it talks about the virtues of this great, amazing lady. And she's a mother. And in chapter 31, verse number 26, I'd like you to read this verse out loud together with me, please. Proverbs 31, verse 26. Read it out loud with me now. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And definitely, a good mother will teach her children good morals. Back in the late 1800s, a doctor by the name of Dr. Charles Mayo, along with his father and his brother, they started a clinic that's known as the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. They broke new ground in concepts of group practice. They invented new systems for patient record-keeping and automated diagnostic indexing and communication. Visiting experts from far and near would come and observe these innovations by the doctors. And on one occasion, a group of European medical experts came visiting the clinic and they were staying as guests of... Dr. Charles Mayo, in his home. In their own country, back in Europe, it was customary for these gentlemen to place their shoes outside of the bedroom door. And then at night, servants would come and polish the shoes and return them in the morning. So as Dr. Mayo was retiring for the night, he noticed the shoes in the hallway. And he was surprised to see them, but he understood what the visitors were expecting. And it was very late, and it was too late actually to wake up any of the hired help. And so with a sigh, Dr. Mayo picked up all of the shoes and hauled them down to the kitchen and spent half the night polishing them. Where did Dr. Charles Mayo learn such loving behavior? It was from his mom, Louise Abigail Wright Mayo. And she taught him about the evils of prejudice, the evils of war, and the benefits of working together. It was his mom that instilled those good morals in him. But listen carefully. In order for a good mother to be able to teach her children godly character, she herself needs to spend time with God. Does that make sense? It should. She needs to spend time every day reading the Bible, praying, and attending church. And so my encouragement to all of the moms here today is don't stop growing spiritually. Don't stop. Don't stop learning. 
Never stop teaching. Never stop loving. Never stop being what God made you to be. In fact, if you're a dad here today, to all the fathers, if, let me say this, if you don't realize what a blessing God has given you in that woman, well then I, I don't know what to say. She's something like a pearl of great price, is what she is. Dad, you need to protect her. Protect her. You need to help her. You need to appreciate her every day, not just once a year. Back in the 1940s, a man wrote a song about his mother. And I want to share that song with you. He entitled the song, My Mother. I think it became famous in the day. I don't know about now. Maybe you've never heard it but I'd like to try and sing it. I don't think I can sing it as well as he did, but I'd like to try. There are friends who will want you, but just for a day. There are pals you think true, but they'll cast you away. But there's one loving soul, boys, I sure recommend. Through this old world of sorrow, she'll be true to the end. Mother, though her hands be all wrinkled and old. Mother, silver hair that has lost all the gold. You left her alone, went to roam through the years. But all that you left her were heartaches and tears. So kiss her old brow, whisper softly and true. Mother, you're just an angel and I love you. And then it goes on to say, On the door of a cottage, a wreath sadly hung, and a hearse stood there waiting as the choir softly sung. There were flowers in their beauty in the old parson, he prayed. This was the last tribute as we left for her grave. She won't need you tonight, son, when you crave her caress. She has reared you to manhood, Now you've laid her to rest. Those flowers in their beauty, ah, to her they're unknown. Because tonight she's with the angels up around God's great throne. So don't wait that late, son, to try and repay. Give those flowers and give those treasures, but give them today. Let her know that you love her and kind of show that you care. Because she's your mother, God lover. She's as true as a prayer. So kiss her old brow, whisper softly and true. Mother, you're just an angel and I love you. So listen, if you're here today and you're a mom, ask God to make you wise, and to grow your heart of love for your family. 
If you're here today and you're a dad, pledge yourself to God to properly care for mom and properly love mom and appreciate her the way that God wants you to. And if you're here today, you're a son or you're a daughter and you still have your mom, well, give thanks to God and ask Him to bless her with joy and peace and security. For sure, motherhood is a wonderful gift from God and we need to thank God for our moms. But before I close, I want you to know that there is another gift from God, perhaps even greater, for you and for me, and it's eternal life. After we leave this world, eternal life with God, and it comes through Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? He's God in the flesh. He came to earth. They called him Jesus. Why did he come to earth? So that he could be the substitute, the payment for our sins. All of our evil thoughts and creepy things that we've said and done and all our broken promises. Maybe you're here today and you've never murdered anyone. But maybe in your heart you've hated someone. And that's pretty close to murder in the heart. There are ten commandments that God gave and I'll wager you that we've all broken them all. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why we need Jesus. He died for you and for me on Calvary's cross. He shed his blood. He was a sacrificial lamb so that you and me, we don't have to die and go to hell. But it is not automatically credited to our account. We have a part to play. Our part is to repent of our sin and to pray to Jesus and ask him to forgive us our sin, come into our hearts and lives and be our Savior, our Lord, to take over. We give our lives to Jesus. And when we do that, the Lord will come into our hearts and we'll start experiencing that eternal life. God lives a very wonderful lifestyle up in heaven. And when we receive Jesus Christ, we begin to experience that. My question is, have you experienced that? Are you born again? Have you really repented of your sin and really asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord? That means boss. Your Lord and Savior. If not, you can do that today. Would you bow your head with me in prayer? Close your eyes. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.